Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. In his State of the Union address, President Biden said, Now is our moment to meet and overcome the challenges of our time. But is the president living up to his own words? Is he meeting the challenge? Where is he falling short? And who is calling him out for falling short? The answer might surprise you. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, we do know that President Biden did talk about meeting the moment uh, as a country, individually. But it's interesting that many are calling out the president for not meeting the moment and not being ready. Now, you would expect that coming out of the, his opponents on the political right in the Republican Party. Uh, but you would not expect to hear those very same words of the president not meeting the moment by his friends and allies in the Democratic Party. Uh, the president finds himself ultimately in the middle, back in the middle. And he's not quite sure what's happening to the left of him or to the right of him. Uh, but everyone seems to be a little upset and a little disappointed that the president has been falling short to meet the moment. Now, I want to break that down. Some of that criticism is justified. Some of that is messaging. Uh, and uh, some of it, I think, it needs to be challenged. The challenge for the president is how does he do that uh, in the middle of a what will be a very challenging midterm election? What does he do and how does he do it? Of course, we know yesterday that the president uh, spoke. He's on the campaign trail. He is trying to focus on domestic issues. And, of course, that is becoming increasingly difficult difficult with all of you. And that is one of those, we've talked about it on this show before, that it is tough when you are the president uh, and you want to focus on domestic issues. And it doesn't matter uh, if you're President Biden or President Trump or President Obama or President Bush. Uh, The tugs and pulls of foreign affairs never end on a president of the United States, regardless of political party. And so that's a challenge Uh, because American leadership is needed. Doesn't mean America has to be the police of everyone, but it does mean that you have to be able to do multiple things. And so the challenge for the president yesterday, he goes to New Hampshire and on a very much domestic centric campaign style stop uh, to sell the agenda. Moving into the midterms. And so I want to give you some of the things that the president said yesterday. And then we're going to dive into what the left, what the right, and what the middle of the country are saying about the president's approach to all of these challenges we face as a nation. 
So first, of course, the president touted the passage of the infrastructure bill, which was late last year, uh, and to which a lot of people have not seen a lot of movement or a lot of benefit. Take a listen. The last fellow had this job kept talking about infrastructure week for four years. We know I took infrastructure. We have an infrastructure decade. This is going on. It's a billion, two hundred million dollars. You know, we used to have the finest infrastructure in the world. We now rank number 13 in the quality of our infrastructure. China's ahead of us. So many other countries have moved. Folks, this matters. So really interesting. The president keeps going back to this line. And I know that Democrats cringe every time they hear it. We even saw it in the State of the Union where in the chamber you could see Senate Democrats cringing when the president said we were hoping for infrastructure week. And then it was infrastructure two weeks and then it was month and then it was quarter and then it was year uh, because it took so long to to get a portion of that bill passed through on a bipartisan basis. Uh, so it's uh, sort of a reminder of how hard this has been for the president. And again, a lot of Americans haven't seen anything of substance in terms of outcomes when it comes to the infrastructure deal. So uh, they're still trying to navigate that out. Uh, the president went on in New Hampshire to blame the pandemic for high gas prices. Look, we made a lot of progress and we have an incredible opportunity ahead of us. But we know what families are still struggling with higher prices. Let's be absolutely clear about why we have such high prices now. There are two reasons. First was COVID. And the president went on to blame Vladimir Putin as the second reason why we have high gas prices. And the second big reason for inflation is Vladimir Putin. Not a joke. Putin's invasion of Ukraine has driven up gas prices and food prices all over the world. Uh, He went on to say that uh, he released from the strategic uh, petroleum reserve, uh, massive amounts uh, of oil, and that should start easing the pain at the pump for most Americans. That's why I authorized the release of one million barrels per day for the next six months for our, from our strategic petroleum reserve. So now we have 240 million barrels a day for the next six months. And Americans should already be seeing the savings, although it's only gone down about 18 cents. The savings are starting. So this is where the, it starts to get a little sticky for the president. Uh, as part of that, he also announced uh, late last week that they were going to re-begin uh, the process of issuing leases for oil and gas exploration on federal lands, uh, which caused some on his left uh, to balk at that and say the president has not met the moment when it comes to clean energy, the environment, and climate change. Uh, on the right, people are saying, yes, it's one thing for the president to say they're going to start uh, offering up these leases again, uh, but they're doing so by adding a 50% increase to the royalty payments that energy companies would have to pay on whatever they extract, uh, along with the fact that uh, nothing changes in terms of the regulatory hurdles and the lawsuits that always have to be gone through, the time, energy, and money uh, that it costs to actually make those uh those leases uh, produce anything that's going to matter to an energy company. So, again, the left and the right are going to go at it. And, again, they're both saying, President, you haven't met the moment on this particular one. Uh, The president then shifted gears just a little bit. He called on Congress 
to go back to Build Back Better one more time. So Build Back Better 3 uh, and saying we need to get this passed to enable them, the country to move forward. Beyond gas prices, I've called on Congress to move immediately to lower the cost of family utility bills, prescription drug bills, and more while lowering the deficit and reducing inflation. That would make a big difference for families. We can do a lot of these things without raising a single penny on taxes of anyone making less than $400,000 a year. Nobody making less than $400,000 will see a single penny in their taxes raised. It's the best way Congress can address inflation right now. So the the president, again, has been uh, dealing with left, right, and center in all of this. And the, the really interesting thing to me is, is the center of the country. The center of the country uh, is saying that the president isn't meeting the moment when it comes to dealing with inflation and dealing with immigration. Uh, so that's an interesting one because, again, the president has not done well. Obviously, with those on the right, that's very much to be expected. But I don't think the administration was expecting so much of a challenge from the left. We noted earlier today that there are over a dozen Democratic senators in the United States Senate that are telling the president when it comes to immigration and the border that uh, he is off base and that they want him to tap the brakes and not to get rid of this Title 42. Uh, he says Many of them have said that uh, this is going to cause a major problem at the border. The influx of those coming up to the border is going to continue to increase, and no one is ready to accommodate that. And so, again, that's coming from the left of the Democratic Party. And meanwhile, those in the middle of the country, independents and those that are center-left to center-right, are equally frustrated that the president isn't doing more to make sure we're getting some real reform when it comes to immigration. The the inflation front, I think everybody understands uh, that we are in a bad spot. Uh, interesting Wall Street Journal article yesterday from Utah Senator Mitt Romney talking about uh, what needs to be done to move forward, to actually have an impact in terms of what is going on in terms of inflation. And so the president's dealing with the, the left, he's dealing with the right, and he's dealing with the center, and the messages seem to be a bit muddled. We're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. We know we have some breaking news coming out of Salt Lake's, uh, South Salt Lake Police. We'll take that the moment uh, it begins. Stay with us. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. With Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources. We will stay with all the latest breaking news on that development here on KSL News Radio throughout the afternoon today. We'll continue our conversation with President Biden feeling uh, a little stuck in the middle today. Uh, those to the left of him and those to the right of him uh, do not believe that he is meeting the moment. Uh, and again, you would expect that from his a political his political opponents on the left, uh, or excuse me, on the right. But you're also hearing it from many on the left, including people like Elizabeth Warren, uh, who talked about the fact that they just haven't done enough and that they are in danger uh, of losing big in the midterm elections. And then, of course, the president's agenda uh, gets more challenging from there. I think President Biden uh, tried yesterday in New Hampshire. Again, he's on his way to Oregon today, so he's going to cover both the uh, coast of America uh, in about a 48-hour period, trying to sell the domestic agenda, which he's trying to stay focused on. Uh, the president criticized the trickle-down economics, uh, saying that, hey, this this just never works, didn't work for him, it's not going to work now, and challenging Congress to look at it just a little bit different. 
when I was running for office, uh, you heard it a thousand times from me, that we're going to build an economy around you. I'm so tired of trickle-down economics. I, I never found that trickle-down on top of my head very much. I was listed, I was had the great pleasure of being listed as the poorest man in Congress for 36 years. All right, the president, uh, as he criticized that, obviously uh, focusing on the the gap between the haves and the have-nots in the country. Uh, a little bit of class warfare strategy there from the president. Uh, the president also claimed that uh, the Democrats had actually reduced the federal deficit as it relates to spending. In the budget I propose this year, if it comes to total fruition, we'll cut the deficit by $1 trillion $300 billion. So when my Republican friends start talking about big spenders and the reason why there's inflation, take a look. Take a look. We've cut the deficit drastically. So, again, that was in uh, the president's uh, agenda and his proposal. That actually doesn't become anything until Congress does something with it. And so that won't happen until the fall. Uh, but that is the president's proposal. And, uh, yes, spending is the problem, uh, to be sure. Now, the interesting thing was that the uh, the IRS collected more in taxes during the last fiscal year uh, in 2021 than they had at any point in history. So, again, it's not a, a taxing uh, problem, revenue problem. It's a spending problem. And both Republicans and Democrats uh, are to blame there. So as the president looks at entering this political season in 2022, uh, he has some some challenges that are going to cause him to want to pivot to the left and some that are going to make him want to tack to the middle. Uh, and that's going to become the real challenge for the president, because the one thing that we've learned is you cannot do both simultaneously uh, unless you have a very different kind of conversation. Uh, you also have a portion of those in the White House who are simply saying, hey, let's go for a very uh, vanilla kind of approach and let's just tout a few things that we think are going well or going better and maybe that will help us win the middle. And if we can win the middle, maybe that would help to lessen the losses in the House and maybe enable uh, Democrats to maintain control uh, of the Senate. And so those are all just really interesting challenges for the president. And I think all of these, again, regardless of whether you fall politically, most of these challenges the president is facing uh, have a whole lot to do with how the president has been messaging these issues, whether it's crime, immigration, inflation, gas prices, all of those things the president has struggled with in terms of getting on his front foot, uh, making a case to the American people. Uh, and saying, here is the path forward. Uh, that's that's the real challenge. Uh, again, looking to his far left, Elizabeth Warren, who, of course, competed against President Biden uh, in the Democratic primary of 2020. Uh, she said it very bluntly over the weekend. She, uh, in fact, she said it that way, to put it bluntly. <laughs> if we fail to use the months remaining before the election to deliver on more of our agenda... Democrats are headed towards big losses in the midterms. Now, I think uh, both sides have a lot of challenges ahead. And I think the president has opportunities to make a case and to, to share a vision. And I just remind everyone that when it comes to politics, it is not about what was or even what is today. It's about what's next and who can show the vision. Uh, we know what Republicans are against. We know what Democrats are against. What the American people want to know 
is what you are for. Make that case, and 2022 can be a good year for you. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. Much more to come on Inside Sources. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.